right, and here we are on another episode of On the Delo. I'm your host, the Delo, and I got my buddy John in today, and we were rocking out to the uh, the beginning theme. Uh, John's in a John's in a band. You said you wanted to promote your band. No, I don't. <laughs> I do, but it's a bunch of forty-year-olds. Well, it's a bunch of Gen Xers and me. And I am the motivator, and they're like, eh, well, Dude, that's the best band music. ever. I want to be on stage. Are you TikTok famous? No. Not, no. We don't have any such. <laughs> I want to be, be doing the stage thing. They're just filling in gaps in their life. Gaps in their life. Oh, my goodness. You know how the Gen Xers are. No, I do. Um, what, what gen are we? I apparently, I'm 41, and I'm, they're calling me a geriatric millennial. <laughs> They being the dark masses of energy in the I'm older than you, dude. I know. So I'm not a millennial. I'm just an old man. Okay. Gen X. Is that what it is? Gen X. Yeah. You had no parents at home when you got home. My kids started calling me a boomer, and I I about hit them over the head with a two-by-four. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. For sure. All right, John, what what do you want to talk about today? Let's. I, I want to start with the fact that you are a very nice man, and that is because you grew up in Ohio, and most people from Ohio and all these Midwest places mm. are very nice people. But then you, you found yourself trucking out here to Arizona, and, dude, you are the epitome of Arizona now. It called me. I did not plan Arizona. Yeah. So as a 15-year-old, I started to go towards what would be the average Midwestern lifestyle. Um, I picked up my first beer and said, hey, this is great. (laughs) Then my second and my fifth. And, you know, from 15 on, um, I became a party animal. (laughs) (laughs) And I made a poor decision to live on Ohio State's campus, which was a bastion for um, bad Decision makers. Yeah, yeah got and it. so at a, the age of uh, nineteen, I had kind of gotten into a mess. Um, was working at FedEx for ten dollars an hour, okay. and that probably would have been my future for a long time. And uh, I bought a bag of illegal drugs, and that was the first time I purchased it. Wow. And said, what the hell's going on here? And I had a call from a guy in Phoenix who said, hey, I am my, my, I've been jilted. Um, my fiance left me. And so I said, where's Phoenix again? <laughs> and I looked on a map. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to move to California. I, I was actually born in Los Angeles only for three months of my life. Okay. But I was going to go back. And I looked it up and said, oh, cool. It's on the way. And that turned into, I'm 22 years later, still here. You're still here. So it called me. It had an idea for me. And so I am honored by you saying I'm the epitome of an Arizonan. Um, I'm trying to be part of a group that would be redefining that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we'll get into why I I said that, because there's a lot of Arizona connection to you and what you've um, helped develop and and being a part of that group. But first, when you get here, what are you doing? What happens? Like, are you... Hmm. Yeah, I had one friend, and I moved in with him. And I'll make sure he listens to this podcast so he can remember fond memories of (laughs) he didn't have money to pay his bills. So my 20th birthday was me sitting in an apartment alone under candlelight 
um, after a monsoon season that never kicked up one storm, that was 117 every day, and I learned a lot yeah. about that, uh, about weather here. And I was in a, a spot where I think is very important in life to be. No resources, absolutely, you know, um, I'm certainly, I'm a white guy uh, in America, so there's a lot of resources for right. me just because of my status. But I felt lonely and disheveled and a vagrant, and it was a really good thing in hindsight. Um, I had to reach down deep into my portfolio of what was given to me mm -hmm. um, in my personality, and I ended up getting a job at the Arizona Biltmore because of that roommate, where I met my wife. Wow. Very important part of this. Yeah. And, and so, long story short, don't need to get into that, because it was a blind date set up, and she um, was supposed to be set up with my roommate. Okay. The one I moved there for. Right. Who had been jilted, and he's like, I'm just not feeling it. I like her friend, and long story short, we went yeah. on a double date where I ended up love at first sight with Katie, my wife. This is crazy. Crazy. So it all, you know, this is about a year in. I'm dating Katie now. I'm working at the Biltmore realizing I hate the service industry. <laughs> I can't stand it. I'm a, I'm a rogue individual. Right. I'm a, you know, an Arizona and this, this rugged individualism. So I um, eventually, I, I, I did some jobs here and there. And I just, alcohol was a big part of it. Yeah. I just partied too much. I can relate. I just never, never clicked in those years. And in 2008, I started a window cleaning business um, called Valley Shine Window Cleaning. And um, I did very well for a 23 to 28 year old. With yeah. That. But. It still didn't click. I wasn't, wasn't you know, your passion. No, yeah. it wasn't until a, a, a backpacking trip where I saw the wilderness sign. Yeah. I said, welcome to the Chiricahua wilderness, that I said, what the hell's going on in my mind? Why am I so intrigued by this, this imaginary line? So everything before that was kind of like the traditional, I'm just a guy in America. Right. Getting, getting by, living by not having to have talent. You know, what women are saying about men today, you know, as a broad, is very true. We were not really... A, applying ourselves and I wasn't I wasn't becoming this wonderful human until that moment and I realized you got to pay attention to these things these moments know how to understand what's happening mm -hmm. that you're being called to something greater and that that sign moment for me I give that in speeches a lot when I tell yeah, people cool. about why I started Wilderness Brewing Company all those things down the, the photography everything it was because yeah kind of had to the spirit led me, whatever the spirit is, it came down and shook me. And, and so that moment's probably the best, you know, everything before it's boring. That was the moment. Yeah. That was the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's called Arizona Wilderness. Which, Absolutely. You know, which is just one of these things where it's like you, you knew at that time and place that this was gonna, this was gonna be it. You, you probably didn't know exactly how it was all gonna pan out and what it was gonna look like today, but in the moment, I think you had a plan just to do it, just to move forward. Yeah, I, well, yes. 
There you go. Yeah, right? So talk to me about you, that. You said it so well. <laughs> talk to me about that, though. Like, when when do you start, like, looking for, like, like from the entrepreneur spirit that you have, when does this become the moment where you start looking for places and, and you find your partner and, yeah, you, and you do all I, I'm trying to gather my thoughts because, again, alcohol had a lot to do with it. You'll hear me talking about that a lot. I'm sober now. Um, I've been for four years. That's awesome. Um, and so it was a party back then. Yeah. So I don't want to come off as some great entrepreneur who has. Yeah, I, I was willing to give a pound of flesh. And I think that's important. And I gave two pounds of flesh. Trust me, I, I was ready to go. But Patrick was a big part of what happened here. I had an original business partner um, who, who we bought out of the business. But long story short, Patrick came along, and there was, again, the spiritual guide, mm -hmm. this ma magic from the ether. Yeah. And Pat was the counterpart to what I was looking for. Everyone wants to typecast Pat and I. He's the engineer. He's the. It, sometimes we change roles, and I think we shift. We, we're chameleons for each other. But it, there's something more to it that maybe one day I'll figure out after we float on. I don't know. Do but you have to figure it out? I mean, no, there's just something yeah. there that works. And, um, after finding Patrick and he was brewing at Santan Brewing Company and I, yeah. I needed, you know, I needed, a, um, someone who knew what they're doing. Yeah. And again, this is all because that moment in the wilderness and craft beer was booming. I was falling in love with craft beer very quickly. Yeah. I was going, huh, this is an opportunity for me to, to be an entrepreneur the two loves um, of wilderness and craft beer. So got the wife's 401k to do that, started a Kickstarter campaign, was the second brewery ever to do a Kickstarter or any crowdfund. We were successful. And I always tell people this, they're asking me about how to do a crowdfund. There's a Mark Gray statement, the baseball player for, yeah. you know, famously for, for the Diamondbacks. He said, I was up bottom of the ninth gets the Yankees and if I got on I knew that Gonzo would come after me by hook or by crook I'll get on <laughs> that's how I felt about Kickstarter yeah yeah you just you're gonna get the money you're gonna figure it out you're gonna figure it out you're gonna say please 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 to a lot of people so I got that and Patrick at that point wasn't so attracted to the whole thing right I was like yeah this guy's got an ego Ugh, it's home brewer that happened and then he came down and tried the beer and he said, you are doing something different, and I get it, and I believe in what you're saying. And so he also heard me say the term local a lot, yeah. local farmers, local purveyors. And so he's like, I've never heard, why, why would we do all this stuff? I want to learn more. And so I was able to give a piece of myself to Patrick. And then 15, well, 12 years later, he's giving me a lot yeah. in return. So that, that relationship's been great. So that's kind of the birth of wilderness so, and, and Patrick's been on this podcast um, <clears throat> many sessions back or whatever, and his story is phenomenal as well. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to watch two, two people run a local business. I know that you probably have your, your things and you have your successes and you have your things that you learn from, but what do you think, wh what would you attribute the success of your guys' relationship to? Is it communication? Is it growth? We... We started in but, uh, caterpillar phase, yeah. and butterflies came along. Um, we both acknowledge each other's growth. He knows that sobriety for me was a big deal. He knows that paying attention to details is a big deal. 
I know that when we had a TV show, we had a podcast. We had, I know yeah. that all that stuff wasn't his deal, and right. he he dealt with that. So we we've put up with each other in ways that we respect each other for doing it. That's cool. And now he's kind of. We always joke about roles. He's kind of co-CEO, but I, I'd prefer him to be CEO in the long run. Yeah. I want to be a photographer running around the state and come back and giving inspiration. And so he's he's learning how to do that. Right. And so what a beautiful story. I think I think I'm my job is to keep wilderness in wilderness brewing. Wilderness brewing. Because it's just uh-huh. business can lose its its flair, what it, what its goal was really fast. Yeah. And everyone wants company culture and get it, go for it. But company culture will also just it'll you'll lose the vision of what your company was quickly when when you forget that oh yeah like Patagonia our our North Star Patagonia clothing company they were born from a moment in South America when Yvonne Chenog went down to Patagonia and went oh my gosh I have to be a part of preserving earth right if they just had good sales teams and wonderful company culture and they forgot about that moment that would go away. So that's one of the roles I play. And Pat's doing a great job of leading 180 people yeah. to a successful, uh, apparently we're making money, but well, and, and trying to, to. to. To your point, when you outgrow what it is that you have so carefully invested time, energy, and love into, and you outgrow it per se, which a lot of companies do, and that's not a criticism or a knock, it's just maybe that's the direction, you tend to lose a lot of the um, the inner workings of what that establishment really is. And wilderness, Arizona wilderness to me, is one of those brands that doesn't want to do that nor is on a track to do that like Mm -hmm. you guys are keeping it very very close-knit Arizona tight like you're not expanding to nine million locations all at once doing your thing and and I think I think again like you know when there's enough you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like well failure is an option and I think we would rather fail than succeed at great levels like that. Yeah. When we when I say like that, nine states or even going to California or expanding before. So failure has to have a definition to it. 100%. And if, if failures, your business shuts down. We're accepting that if if it was to do the right things. Yeah. You know, if inflation kept going, we would not go to styrofoam packaging. We're going to stay composting. You're we're gonna, gonna do support local. We're gonna buy the local doing, farmers. We're yeah. gonna tell Cisco you need to be more locally focused if you want to be, you know, um, on with us. So I always get a kick out of what people say. Success is you're like two seconds floating as a feather here on earth. Success isn't what you think yeah, it is. So true. It's not financially based. And, and shutting down, you know, we have friends shutting their breweries down this month. One in particular, and we had a tearful conversation. And I just view them as so successful. We, you know, how many bars around the world in Estonia? Yeah. I don't need to be in Estonia. We're in bars in Estonia. I'm on the Faroe Islands with this guy. In the past ten years, and we had moments where we looked at each other and said, "This will might be the last time we ever do this." But because craft beer is so popular, we're at beer festivals around the world. Yeah. And he's shutting down, and I view it as successful. Ten years of a guy who and his wife who led a brand successfully. So, you know, I always tell people 
you set what your success is. Do not listen to others. Thousand percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. don't don't tell me that wilderness success, successful because we have a high revenue. I could give a shit about the high revenue. No. But we have high currency and culture. Yeah. And we're doing what. And anyway, I appreciate you noticing. We're doing what you're saying. I'm hoping we are. We're affecting the state's blueprint on how it moves forward. For sure. No, I think that it's it's amazing in that's uh, all those senses. So I want to talk about your other career path mm -hmm. you're and 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 I don't want to insult you by calling it a hobby but it I mean to me like photography would be a hobby because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing mm -hmm. you are a professional I mm -hmm. mean your images are absolutely amazing and I don't think a lot of people at least within my crowd even know this and we're gonna put like we'll put links to where you can you know see John's art and all this stuff but tell me how this began and tell me a little bit about your process when you go out and you're in the wilderness and like what what goes on I mean you're you're in locations that I you just don't see I it began as an insatiable appetite that I cannot feel um, it, it, it it has been as an addiction can be, it has been a healthy addiction, but it is an addiction. It's an insatiable cool. appetite. Uh, first hikes were, I was inspired by the fact that the National Forest allows you to camp. I remember that clearly. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I, you know, you were saying I'm from Ohio, and so anyone from the Midwest, you don't have massive forest plots that you're allowed to just drive in and camp on national forest land, right? meaning public lands, meaning yeah. we all pay our taxes to. It's a miracle. America's one of the only systems that has it. We always talk about other things in America that makes us great. Our national forest system and our public lands is one of the top reasons why we're amazing. And I was learning that going, wow, I can go and camp <laughs> for free. And so that was probably 2005, I'd okay. assume. My bachelor party was camping with a bunch of friends and we all cut down a tree. I don't advise that. <laughs> um, we were part of forest thinning. And I just, there's a wild side of me that I knew was in there. Everyone knew it was in there, but it was coming out. And since that point, it's been gradually understanding that just like inside your brain, there's neural pathways, there's ridges, there's all these things. There's, it's the same as planet Earth. We're mimicking the planet. planet. Our brains, when you open it up, look like a mountain range. Our neural pathways look like cities. Mm. Our veins look like rivers. And you realize you are part of it. You're part of it. Yeah. And so as you dive deeper, and I you know, fully have to admit that I go hard. Don't try to keep up with me unless you're ready to nearly die every single outing. Uh, and I'm not kidding half the time. Anyone who's been with me can confirm that. Um, I want it, and I want it all. And then when it comes to nature, I'll, I'll always be that way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I want a piece of nature, and I want a piece of me, and I want to uh, encourage that to others, that nature is a great healing device. And you bring such a gift to people to enjoy from their own living rooms, you know? <laughs> Because I, I tell you this much, I'm I'm scared shitless of nature. I love it, but I don't like snakes. I don't like heights. I don't like rushing water. So when I look at your pictures, yeah. I, I get I get all the the extravagance right there. Yeah, yeah. And the the secret to it all is you're stealing from nature when you do that. When I do that, I'm absolutely taking things. Yeah. So as wisdom comes, you know, as the gray hairs come, and you start to go, hmm, mm -hmm. I am taking a moment from nature. What I need to successfully do is humbly give it away it's no longer mine if anyone's read the rick rubin book um that just came out yeah yeah it's it 
the second the art was made, it's no longer yours. And Correct. so I've gotten better as a photographer going, this is not mine anymore. It's nature's to show David on his couch afraid of nature. It's like, so cool. Inspiring. You know, if you're 19 right now and you don't know what to do, you could look like me at 41 <laughs> if you if you find nature and use it, you know. thousand so, percent, yeah. yeah. Ha has the photography helped you with the, uh, the, the uh, we'll call it sobriety, the non-drinking? Has, has, has there been it habits It filled a gap. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, 2008 was my first real click that I can remember. Uh, click being the physical click on a camera. Yeah. You know, some silly point <laughs> click. Yeah. Um, and... There is this little vision in my mind of what I want to go do, you know, like the storms coming in, or I just w wrote a piece for Arizona Highways magazine, um, finding rainbows and beauty and the beast, rugged landscapes with rainbows. You 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 envision it, right? Yeah. Um, I've gotten better at that. I, what was your question? I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm thinking about rainbows. No, no, no that's okay. And actually, I want to make sure that we make note. I want people to look in the in the show um, show notes and find a link to that article because Arizona highways. That's like the that's the National Geographic of Arizona. Basically. It's better than that. Better. Geographic. Yeah. I can, I mean, I can get into that if you ever wanted to. But that we're talking about sobriety and how this filled a, a yes, gap. Yes. How it filled yeah. a gap. So. All of these things, I'm thinking deeply and intently, and it's filling my idle hands. Yeah. You know, idle hands, devil's workshop. It's it's true, absolutely. <laughs> and why I think men get typecasted as idiots <laughs> is we developed a system where we had more idle hands than women. It's mm. unfair, and it's a disadvantage for women. We made them, typecasted them into the busy hands, but we subjugated them um, to a lower class in many ways. I think history, you don't need to dive too deep. So long story short, I think where men struggle, and, and especially men in business, yeah. they struggle with understanding the drive can make you go insane. So I fill it with this photography drive, and that did replace alcohol. Alcohol wasn't the problem that it is for others for me. It yeah. was the party. Mm -hmm. Social environments are tough for me. I can relate. Yeah. yeah. They're tough for me. Yeah. And so I was in a social environment more than most people would imagine ever being. And, and so alcohol was the easiest catalyst for, for me to say, cool, everyone wants a piece of my energy. So that did replace uh, photography. And I have four years where photography kind of just took a side dip. I gained 60 pounds. Um, I found myself in cities all over the world living the dream. I had a TV show yeah. that was... I was the producer of. Um, we had a lot of good things on paper, but there was an emptiness. Yeah. I knew it. I knew that it was cliche. I wasn't surprised by it. But back to Arizona Wilkes Brewing Company, I think we kind of had to do some of those things to get to where we were. We could, <laughs> you can't really go back and un de or unmanufacture what you've done. Let me tell you why I love this conversation, yeah. okay? Because there's so much synergistic energy, and I've known you for a while now, and the thing is, is like, I, I quit drinking, I'm going on uh, 10 years this year, Yeah. okay? And again, it wasn't the alcohol for me, it was, I was part of the party, I was part of the environment, I've owned 13 restaurants, I'm bar and restaurant insurance.com, mm -hmm. you know, I had to live and be the part, and you go through these seasons when you're 20 and you're 30, and then all of a sudden you hit 40 and you're like, what the fuck am I doing, right? And it's like, 
there was something that I needed to do for myself, not anybody else, for myself to be the best person that I could be first for me to mm -hmm. allow myself to be the best and the most present for everybody else because mm -hmm. now I'm coming into this and in your 40s I honestly believe you come into if you're part of your career and doing it for a while you come into your basically just game-changing mode this is everything you've built up the you've acquired the years the wisdom all that stuff and you can either choose to have those things that distract from you becoming even better at your craft and helping others, or you can continue down that road. And I just at 40 made a decision to just stop doing it. It's a decision that the strong will make successfully. And so when you make a decision about sobriety or breakups or whatever the big moment where you're cleaving things away from you, you need to be it doesn't need to be physically strong. You need to get mentally strong. And what happened for me was I read a book and I realized I needed the feminine spirit. Yeah. Again, a lot of men in the room from craft beer and a lot of, we, we were all so vain. We didn't know it. You know, a lot of us just want to be seen and loved and alcohol helped us be seen and loved. And you got in rooms where people admired you. I read a book called the naked mind. I'm 192% positive on that. Okay. Um, and the whole purpose was she essentially went to a doctor, had pain, found out that her mind was creating the pain in her lower back and her subconscious was latching onto something. She used that to help people get um, away from drugs and alcohol. And I listened to the book on a, let's see, my tw 38th birthday. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I dr drank. And I said, I'm not gonna let my subconscious manipulate me. I'm not. And, yeah. And so, so cool. that's the strength that I was yeah. able to, to get. Now there are others who just don't have the moment and the, and the um, luxuries that I had, you know. So, yeah, um, sobriety, big deal. The subconscious, everything that you talk about is, is absolutely there. So I, I do want to talk about kind of in today's um, in today's life and knowing that your train ride in your 40s is, you know, becoming – um, on the timeline, you know, exponentially quicker and shorter and all that. So, like, what are your daily routines and habits and things as an entrepreneur, as a, yeah. you know, as a, um, a healthy person? Like, what, what do you like to do? Well, I, I fight laziness. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a battle like you wake term. up with. But I also yeah. am challenged as a husband because I don't want to – I'm not great at – partaking in other people's needs and desires. Mm. So my morning routine is about being with my wife. We play Wordle, of course, <laughs> um, and making sure that that time is protected. You've been married how long? Um, 20 years, November 3rd. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so we, we have that in the morning, and, and so emails used to be a thing where it was dominating and I don't believe that emails need to be as important as they are. Yeah. Um, so I have some systematic ways to make sure that if you're going to email me, it's to actually do something. Email time in the morning and then a lot of times in the morning I'll get a run in or I'll save that for the afternoon. And so running has to be part, activity has to be part of your every human being. I don't even if you're disabled in a certain way. Yeah. Activity is 
part of who we are as humans. We Movement. cannot, we cannot skip that. And so I, I like right now I'm training for the Mason Marathon, and that'll be a gateway to do, uh, you know. Cocodine, one of the Air Viper running. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the great, great races. Yeah, um, yeah. we're gonna sponsor the Mogan Monster. Oh, wonderful! Mm -hmm. and make a beer for it. So, and Jamil, who, who yeah. runs Air Viper, love Jamil. Yeah. So, is Patrick running with you? Yeah. Training together. Yeah, Good. yeah. He just did rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon. No way. And we're just filling gaps. We're not, you know, yeah. I. I whether I run the, these races or not, I'm still going to train like I am. Yeah. Well, that crazy mofo would take his bike from Arcadia or wherever to <laughs> Gilbert office. Yeah, twice a week. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah and I'll, do, I'll go downtown from Gilbert. Um, but that, that's the constant motion. So I part of my it. routine is constant motion. And then, um, you know, cooking twice a week for your wife is very important to, again, going back to subjugation, to make sure that there's a equality in your house. And I don't always come through on that because running does get in the way. Yeah. Work gets in the way. Photography gets in the way. But, you know, I think the evening is a time for sharing, if you have a family or not, sharing with your family that we're all equal in this house and we all chip in. Love it. I learned a lot from my wife, um, the nuances of the, my failures and why they were neglectful of our relationship. So Ooh. that is a big part of my afternoon routine, listening yeah. to her. That's, um, that's and amazing. When it comes to photography, I'm getting better at explaining why I'm going because there's a lot of yeah. anxiety from her around. Because I see that you probably leave for extended periods, right? When you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's ever gone with me, there's gonna be. Um, I just got stuck for six hours in the mud in a flash flood three days ago, and I had to have a friend come get me out, and he's like, "Yeah, sounds right." Um, there's a level of. I'm not saying I'm crazy and don't plan, but there's a level of unexpected, unintended consequences. So. Yeah. My daily routine, when it's photography, I have to get better at really digging into weather data, really digging into the shot I want. Does Arizona Highways need it? Does a client need it? Or am I just doing this to therapeutically bash my head into the wall right. um, and yell and scream? And so four days ago was a yell and scream moment where I got stuck. I can send you some photos. Please. Um, and luckily I have a winch and everything, you know. I'm fortunate to have all this gear, but, <laughs> you know, that that's where the daily routine changes. But I love going hard up a mountain. I love not having a trail. I love getting scraped, cut. I love getting tossed yeah. and turned, um, you know, and carefully doing that. This is a guy 20 years in doing it and, you know, carefully doing it. I, I would advise taking any advice from me right now and going out. Right. But I really thrive on that. So you see where, where I need therapy is there's a middle gap between the home business lifestyle and then that. Yeah. And so that's where therapy comes in for me, talking that one out. Because in the middle is this lost, what do I do? And so over yeah. here, the business, it's against most things I believe in. I do not want to profiteer. I do not want capital to be the main reason why humans live on Earth. Right. And so... You know, Patagonia is our North Star for a hundred, maybe a thousand reasons, but one is that they struggle with the same issue. If yeah. they don't sell a billion dollars worth of stuff per year, they're not going to be successful in the campaigns that want to go on. So, yeah, my routine is I hope I, you know, movement is a big part of it. Desire to complete a goal is a massive part of it. If I don't have that, you're going to find me in the back of my house wallowing and wallowing fucking sucks. No. Wallowing and whining and crying is terrible. Dude, and your wife doesn't need it. <laughs> no. Your partner doesn't need it. 
Um, and, and so I had gone through wallowing, uh, as David Goggins says, I was being a bitch. It's so beautifully honest, and it's one of the <laughs> one of the best perspectives I've I've gotten on this podcast when I ask that question. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, this is just a, I amazing. brush my teeth every day now too. That's a good thing. Yeah, I I try to do it every other day. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> Got to build up a bio. <laughs> Got to build up something. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna throw out some rapid fire questions for yeah. you. Yeah, you ready? Okay. Uh, fishing or hiking? Hiking. Bigfoot or aliens? Both. Oh, I like that. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen either one? No. We are aliens. Yeah. We are. We're, we're, we're foreign well. to something, and I'm not terribly needing others. Like, you are weird enough <laughs> for me. <laughs> you, other humans are crazy. Do you know what it's like to live with other humans every day? Yeah, no, I so, do. So I, I don't need aliens. Uh, Bigfoot, I think Bigfoot, whether it, it's real or not, we need stories. We need stories. Yeah. I know. I could tell you about the turkey that ran through my camp once. I can tell you about a stalking of a mountain lion. I can give you the details, and it's a good enough story. But that turkey, true story, came through a camp once. It was the size of a house. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and it, it tried to molest me and kill me. Uh, and though the turkey was not a size of a house, it as I tell that story, people are like, really? Turkey's going to be big? It was probably a 32-pound turkey, which is big. It's a big turkey. Yeah, yeah. It, was the, it was the papa turkey or the mama turkey. Yeah. But I think these stories grow over time because we need that. Yeah, Literal we do statements need it. all the time, boring. I you love know? it. Well, and your guys' merch, the Wilderness merch is amazing. Uh, we're going to put the link for Wilderness. Even if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're somewhere else, just buy a damn T-shirt. We're starting a trail club. Are you? Okay. We're working with Natural Restorations, and there will be a whole line of Arizona Wilderness gear called the Trail Club. Okay. That will be dedicated to really good apparel made with recycled or organic materials. I love it. Yep. Kiefer, love it. Kiefer Gilbert. Kiefer's the best, yeah. He's our first ever ambassador. Mm. He just ran a I cold ju- water. He just sent me, he sent me his buckle. He just texted me his Except buckle. I was like, dude, this is Ask him what hat he was wearing. I will. Yeah. I will. I gotta get me one of those shirts. Um, snakes or coyotes? I, I love them both. Okay. Um, snakes are super, super important to the environment. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of run-ins with both, so I can't choose one. Uh, coyotes do surround you. I had a little white dog that was yeah, kind of my heart. beautiful dog. Yeah, Daisy, and we had been surrounded. I had to fight off coyotes with a uh, tripod. They're easier to fight off than snakes. Snakes are rough. Yeah. Ooh, that's. But they're awesome. They're awesome. Uh, burgers or tacos? There's a silence for a reason. Um, so I switched to a plant-based diet okay. for my biome, but burgers is what I know. We have tacos, and Chef David yeah. is uh, from Mexico City, and so tacos is something that would be part of his normal cuisine. So they're both amazing, but we're a burger joint, and I've learned so much about yeah. beef. Yeah, and you get you get it from Arizona grass fed. Yeah, and now James Porter as well. Oh, his, perfect, his James. Wagyu, yeah, his Wagyu grown. So we have the options of okay. two. And why cows are the most detrimental thing on planet Earth versus if if you can switch to a mostly plant based diet and sometimes eat meat, we're all going to get along better on this planet because grass raised does take a lot of 
time, money, and effort, and water, and resources. Right. But CAFOs are the enemy. 100%. Yeah. No, no I, taco I, CAFOs are out there. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> but, taco. But beef can be a problem. <laughs> we don't want to sell more beef at Wilderness. Yeah. We'd like you to think, consider our Earth Bowl once in a while. It. Earth Bowl is amazing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have Porter on here, actually. Um, I hit him up on Facebook. Love oh. that guy. Sunset or sunrise? Sunrise means you backpacked for the most part. I can get up early and drive, and I love that. That means you're waking up with your gear behind you. Yeah. Um, sunsets can be depressing because you're viewing them while driving from work, going, fuck, I should be out there. Out there. I love sunrises. Okay. That means I'm backpacking. No, I'm talking photography. I love when I wake up with my backpacking gear. It's just, I don't think there's a more complete feeling. Besides being with my wife <laughs> in those mornings. But you know what I'm saying? You okay. have your have you gone backpacking? Uh, I when I was a kid. Dude, Boy we're Scouts. gonna get you backpacking. Okay. We should do a live podcast while backpacking. Let's do it. We'll bring Diddy. Yeah. And you film yeah. and you wake up with all of your gear and you watch that sunrise, it means something that you can't explain. It's like okay. you are one with nature. I'm in. My yeah. my wife's gonna laugh when she hears this. Say, You're not going in nature. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it with you, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I'll yeah. protect you. Let's do it. Yeah, please, from snakes. Dogs on the bed or the floor? On, on the bed. 100%, right? Mm -hmm. I knew you were mm -hmm. going to say that. That's why I asked that. Um, read a book. That's your best friend. It is your best friend. It's everything. You're not going to have your best friend sleeping on no. the whole floor. Unless no. they're like, you know, you know, a Marmaduke size. Huge, yeah. Yeah, like I get it. But Daisy has left an imprint in our bed that yeah. I can't feel. A little dog named Olive is sleeping in bed. Yeah. And she's a cuddler, and you know, what are we not animals? I, I love you, photos of Daisy. Yeah, yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, Elton John or the Grateful Dead? <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I don't know how people can choose one of those. <laughs> how do you choose one? I, Elton John. You don't have to. Just made being queer cool, and yeah. I think that's an amazing fact. Hundred percent. And he was his talent level was second to none. Solid Wall of Sound is one of the greatest moments in music history uh the grateful dead started a cult yeah. that still lives and it's powerful yeah both are so cool and i as a musician i love both of them You're they're great. both very important yeah and elton john's they're both they're all so complicated i know i know yeah i mean uh, dude uh freddie mercury i mean that queen movie like uh, mm -hmm. just Absolutely. The complicated yeah. roots of rock and roll are twisted in earth, and, and they've, they've mm. entangled us all. And as it slips away, I asked Logan Plant, we were talking about yeah. Robert Plant's son, Logan's a great friend of mine. I said, will the 70s ever be repeatable? And his son will probably be what it seems like a Bieber. That's Logan's son, Harlan. Yeah. Cool kid. Um, he's part of the Billie Eilish blow up right okay and he said that is the new led zeppelin quiet tame emotional yeah but man what was happening in the 60s and 70s is just Dude, led zeppelin was it's hard to not amazing to not you know we I sound know. like boomers now but it's hard to not go give me some fucking raw energy and i love billy eilish yeah but what you just said about elton john is he was rock and roll 100 percent he was. I, I, I love all of them for what they are. And Chuck Berry was the greatest, though. Chuck Berry was amazing. Freddie King, nothing like him. Yeah. Oh, God. All right, let's end on that. Thank you so much for coming by. Is there anything, um, I mean, we're going to put all your stuff in the show notes, this and that. Anything you want to plug? 
I have a book project coming out, and it's now September, uh, with Arizona Highways Magazine on all 90 wilderness areas. I was able to go, and again, very fortunately, with a lot of gas money, a very, I've, you know, I want to acknowledge that. I also was on Native American lands. I There's a lot of things to acknowledge with yeah. this book that I was able to partake in. Uh, I was given the opportunity from Arizona Highways and the Wilderness Society uh, is going to be part of... Who's laughing? Oh, it's just my staff. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, that I was... can't hear it on the podcast. What yeah. a great microphone. Gosh, your <laughs> sound producer is amazing. Um, the book will come out in September to basically be a photography book with my journal notes of all 90 wilderness areas. The rule is I would have to be wow. spending a night every one or 12 nights, okay. depending on what what it was. So that comes out in September. Uh, wilderness Brewing Company, look, it's it's an ongoing, it's a verb. It's always going. Um, if you've never heard of us or been, prepare for a long journey. You don't just come in and try a burger and, and, and go, that was good. It's what the hell's going on here? And peer, peering around the corner of wilderness, I'm hoping you're getting something that is greater than I could ever give you, yeah. you know, and that's 180 people really dedicated to a story that, I mean, I could do a podcast in the wilderness and we could go for six hours, 100%. you know, from the way that we, our company, call, like our six mission statement, number one is environment. And uh, I really don't love the term five C's. I think we should be on the sixth C, which is conservation. The state must reformat what it thinks. We're no longer Barry Goldwater state. We're no longer John McCain state. We need to be a new state yeah. where we view things differently and do things differently. And I know that capitalism is the only thing the state's concerned about, but it, it's not going to be successful if we don't stop that now. So Wilderness Brewing Company is going to be a part of writing a new blueprint where there can be some revenue made. But even simple things like adaptive reuse, we waste our money on adaptive reuse. And Pat and I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So when we get a building on 14th and McDowell, it is in a neighborhood where there are um, displaced people living there. There's gang uh, activity. We know that because of the uh, type of tagging. There is theft. We had $50,000 worth of equipment stolen two weeks ago. It's still going to be worth it because that building was already built. Yeah. In a neighborhood that needs love. Right. Versus going and building, and, and no offense to your clients who build new, this is just our philosophy, but we are going to be a lower impact, so we're going to take a building that's historic, and we did that with Second and Roosevelt, our yeah, downtown you did. Phoenix location. It's beautiful. And that's because Chris Osborne, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I got Rest in peace. Rest yeah. in peace, Chris. So that's my plug. Wilderness Brewing Company is not me. It's them. I love it. And I get to be a part of it. I love it. And I can certainly attest to that. So, yeah. no, this is amazing. Thank you for coming by. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah, um, again, it, I just have fun talking to good people and having these great conversations. Thanks for having me on. Sleep with your dogs, everyone, in bed. Um, and, and send me pictures. You're just as filthy. <laughs> Trust totally, me. Yeah, that's so true. Filth is <laughs> very important. It's all over us. Yeah. All right. Until next time, everybody. Peace out. Later.